We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, welcome into part two of today's podcasting, where Andrew and I are going through all the pieces of information from Senior Bowl, your Browns, offensive coordinator search, and plenty more. We have a great part one posted. Go check that out if you didn't check it out already. What I want to jump into, Andrew, as we start here is it looks like there has been some information, an update on a Kareem Hunt injury, and I think that uh, what I see here is he underwent sports hernia surgery. This comes from Jeremy Fowler at ESPN to repair a ruptured adductor. Okay. So he was on the injury report for much of the season with a groin injury and played through it. Kevin Stefanski noted he provided huge value for us and he's a battler. So, it, I mean, I think it was pretty obvious that Kareem was limited from a, a, the ability to burst uh, when in the open field run, you know, uh, with the speed that I think has been a part of his career. He's never been the fastest back by any stretch, but. He certainly has been able to to run a little better. And I mean, I would say that I still think that he had value for them down near the goal line. I mean, finding 10 rushing touchdowns is nothing to scoff at, but it was pretty obvious he was beat up for most of the year. And I think it like people, you, you know, yourself, you vocal uh, vocalized several times that you thought that the running back situation, you know, we were wanting more and more and more after Nick's injury and especially game like the Jets, where it's like these two young backs can't even hold on to the football, put Kareem in there. He just could only give you like 10 to 15 plays a game. Yeah, this this adds a ton of context. And, you know, it just goes to show how hard analyzing the NFL as it happens is because I can't think of another sport, Jake, where a player would have the mental toughness to play through a, a torn groin muscle, essentially, for what Fowler makes it sound like was the majority of the season. Yeah, I don't know what week he first appeared, but I think it was – I thought it was kind of early, like first quarter of the season. Well, no, I don't have that in front of me, but – Yeah, it it doesn't – I don't have that in front of me either, but yeah, he was on – the tweet says he was on the injury report for most of the season with a groin injury. That's not a strain. This is a tear. That – playing through that has to be unbelievably painful, and I – and and obviously significantly is going to limit his performance. So – here we are through the majority of the season, Jake, talking about 
oh, he's not, you know, he's lost a step and he just can't. Well, I, it just makes you feel awful because you're criti- you're criticizing a player or making an observation about a player based on what you think you know, but you don't have the full picture. And I, I don't think I even once mentioned the possibility that he might be dealing with a significant injury. So it just goes to show how hard it is in the NFL to have a full picture of what these guys go through because there's not, I really don't believe there's another sport where guys play through injuries as significant as this on a weekly basis. So I was looking back and in the Browns Colts injury report, he was listed as um, a thigh injury. Um, it's it's, in it's all one. really the same area. So that, that probably tracks with it being the same injury. I was looking at the Cardinals now to see if there's a different, a different label for him. I don't know, but I, I do know that at least his lower body in some form or fashion was pretty beat up for uh, most of the year. I felt like he wasn't running like himself and maybe down the stretch that became an even bigger problem and sort of like the thigh turns into something more, Andrew. So I don't know. Yeah, and it's, know. It's, it, there's some level this can be the agent also trying to make, you know, the player look better as both a tougher player and and a, and explain some of this lack of whatever. I, I don't yeah. know. I, I think it is the Rams game. I'm seeing it pop up with the Yeah. So, so, so possibly he tweaked it and then it got, you know, worse over the course of somewhere in that trip to Denver. Maybe that's where the tear happened. But I, yeah. I think overall, it's just a reminder that we don't know half of what these guys are going through through the season. And uh, yeah, I, I, you, you mentioned it too. It does underscore that, I think it's reasonable to ask a question about asking Kareem Hunt in that state to continue to go out and handle that kind of a workload and not finding a different option. But it, that's it's that water is so far under the bridge it's in the ocean, right? That's right. Well, I think the the general thought I have coming out of it is an appreciation, although st- Stumped Mitchell didn't really have, um, you know, I, it, who knows? I, there's there's a lot of stuff behind closed doors that could be happening here that that you don't want to taint what i would I'd say is i i think i really do appreciate kareem hunt's ability to not be on the roster arrive on the roster out of nowhere unexpectedly in shape enough to play have a decent season for what he was sort of tasked to do and it's pretty obvious this relationship is coming to a close but like for him to be able to come onto the field and hand handle his role last year i thought he was not a part of the problem in the running back room Right, I think that there were some others that I think we could look at there, but no, I agree. He was he was right. He, he his role as a short yardage back should should he should be on. In my opinion, he should be on an NFL roster next year because he is still elite at taking on tacklers and winning one on one battles in yeah. short yardage situations. Very much a fall forward guy, bounce off the first tackle, and that has that has value to the point that like. If he was back in Cleveland on a minimum deal, I would have no issue with it because there as is as long a value as that role that. is defined. Yeah, that role continues to be the way it is. I, there's genuine value in that. I mean, you know, so anyway, that's uh, that's that's interesting stuff that we didn't know until, you know, past almost 730 here. Um, so I'm glad we got to, to have a little bit of discourse on that. Let's let's get a let's get a head start on the second part of Mobile here. Let's switch over. All right. Quickly going through defense names, because. I don't know. I, I feel like the Browns are going to be leaning offense here, not to avoid defense, but I, I do feel like we're looking at how they upgrade the offense largely. Uh, Adisha Isaac, who is kind of overshadowed by Chop Robinson at Penn State, so he had a good day, 6'5", 250, um, seven and a half sacks this past year. Speed rush style fits what Cleveland might be looking for, so if you maybe fall into that range, you don't want to keep Zadarius Smith. That's a name to pay attention to. I know the Browns took a free agent 
undrafted route on Lonnie Phelps last year out of Kansas. So they definitely are familiar from watching Lonnie on tape of Austin Booker. At least they're drawn. I don't know if Booker was there the year before. I got to be careful about that with all the transfer stuff that happens. But uh, there's a there's a chance that Booker was in Kansas the year before uh, as a, just a third year sophomore. But uh, limited experience. But he's six six two forty five. So the frame can fill out a little bit. Uh, you, you know, there he said that they has to develop the real physical and mental techniques, but also use them along the defensive line in Cleveland because he fits some of what they're looking for. It could potentially weigh closer to two seventy by the time he fills out. So name to pay attention to another local name streetsboro's own michael hall had a nice day defensive tackle the browns are definitely going to be continuing to look at that premium position uh, he didn't disappoint quick and uh, slightly undersized defensive tackle use agility we all know that we watched him he's a gap guy gap shooting player at ohio state several moves to take advantage of he uh said today uh, in team drills he wasn't quite as effective but in the one-on-one periods he had a nice performance gabe hall a defensive lineman from Baylor. So obviously the Browns would know him from studying Siaki Ika. So that's a name to pay attention to. He, he said that uh, Baylor often used him as a three, four edge. So like a four eye technique, if you know anything about three, I uh, sorry, three, four defenses, those are more hybrid types. Inside players can be a little bit more of like a three tech bump out to a four eye, sometimes be a head up five tech. So that's another name to know. Dwayne Carter, a defensive tackle out of Duke had a nice day. Pass rush oriented player uh, on the inside. You know, the Browns love a three tech who can get after the quarterback. He had a nice day. Peyton Willis, linebacker to North Carolina State. I'm of the belief that they should be interested in the linebacker in the draft again this year. Not sure Anthony Walker is a guy they end up bringing back another time, perhaps, but not sure that happens. So Peyton Wilson, Cedric Gray, the linebacker to North Carolina. Um, a bit of an undersized Mike. Here is uh, Cedric Gray. Good at creating um, havoc in the box, explosive plays for the defense. Did a great job there in North Carolina. And we all know that the Browns are always interested in cornerbacks. So DJ James, cornerback from Auburn, he noted, had a really good day. Good size, uh, considered a late day, early, uh, late day two, early day three type of player. If you're talking about good size, good awareness, trust in the backpedal, all stuff that the Browns would definitely be interested in. They're always looking to capitalize on late defensive backs. So uh, there you go. Those are the names that our own um content that you can find at the obr came from ian valentino so check that out he will be continuing to update and i think pete will continue to update update some things as well we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Otherwise, Andrew, some stuff around the NFL before we get out of here, some house cleaning. Uh, your boy, Arthur Smith, he heard the call. He said, this son of a bitch in Cleveland area. <laughs> no, we're not in Cleveland. I know you're down south. You were closer to him before. But this podcast that covers the Browns, I'm going to prove this guy wrong. Yeah, I'm going to go up there and I'm going to call plays for the Steelers. What do you think of the fit, Arthur Smith, with with uh, Kenny Pickett, Mason Rudolph, and a volatile group of receivers here in Pittsburgh? Yeah, I think that Arthur Smith was at his best in Tennessee, obviously, with a quarterback that had that was very willing to accept the definition of the offense and a, an all-time running back, having basically the best year of his career. And then a, and then a defense that put that offense in good spots. Um, I think the, the Steelers obviously have a great defense. I think the quarterback piece is going to continue to elude them, obviously. I think the in some ways it can be a a best case scenario in terms of maybe making Kenny Pickett with some of the play action stuff to find read stuff look good enough that they give him maybe two more years or something, right? I think that's one piece of it. And then I think they will be able to run the ball. Like he's not the worst offensive coordinator in the league. He's not as bad as Matt Canada, I don't think. But if what you were worried about which is what I was worried about was that Mike Tomlin was going to hire a guy that was going to really kind of be an up and coming offensive coordinator. I don't think you have to worry about that. I think Arthur Smith's limitations are pretty well known. And I don't think that he's doing anything offensively that's going to keep many people up at night in terms of opposing defensive coordinators. So it's a, it's, I would call it a relatively safe hire in terms of the fact that he's, he's done it. He's proven to do it, but I don't think, I, I don't think that he is going to be off uh, very motivated to, as you said, kind of keep these players happy because I, you know, what, what is, I, I don't know. Does, do you think Arthur Smith has a chance to get another head coaching job? What, what would the Steelers offense have to look like for him to get another shot at a, at a job? This, this Yeah. They'd, they'd have to turn Kenny Pickett into something meaningful. And like, right. this feels like it's know. just going to be two or three years of, the 16th to 22nd best offense. Yep. Stuck in neutral. And like more 10 and 7, 9 and 8s for. Right, paper. exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's that's what it feels like. It's not going to be a crater, but. Yeah, they, they didn't take a swing here at all. This was no, exactly. another safe hire. Right. I mean, Arthur Smith, the OC was good. He was fine. Um, I don't think that they were ever like. I mean, they had Derrick Henry and some really special run games. Do the Does Pittsburgh have that? I, I don't think so. I don't think they do, but. Uh, again, I think Arthur Smith, the OC is a more formidable version of Arthur Smith than the head coach version. I am just finding it a little strange that there are some people who are like, man, the stock is shooting up now. And some of these skill position players in Pittsburgh. And I'm like, 
did you just see what happened in Atlanta where everyone universally feels like he held them back? Like what's the belief there? So I'm not, uh, I'm not like as we judge opposing teams in the AFC North making decisions here, I'm not, Oh boy, this is Todd Monk. And this has a chance to be a really good pairing, right? This isn't that sort of thing. Yeah. Ken Dorsey was, was a free agent. He was available to go to Pittsburgh. If the Browns had hired Arthur Smith and the Steelers had hired Ken Dorsey, I'd feel very different right now. I'll say that. Me too. So, yeah, I know it's not stock up for George Pickens. It's stock up for Connor Hayward, right? It's it's stock yeah. up for uh, Jalen Warren, probably like Darnell being, Washington. The yeah, exactly. Jaylen, right? right. It's gonna it's gonna be guys that you've never heard of going for six catches and a touchdown just because that's how Arthur Smith is. Take but note, the, gamblers. Yeah, it's the, it's the big picture stuff that that's important here. And and the, to me, the biggest picture thing is what you said. They didn't take a swing. All right, so other teams that took swings on coaches that didn't go anywhere. These are surprising moves, Andrew. So there are three of them. You have Ben Johnson deciding to turn down an opportunity with the commanders who waited on him from everything you hear. And I didn't did I read correctly that the commanders were in route to to meet him? That's what and, Schefter said was that they were flying to Detroit today to meet with him and Aaron Glenn and and got the news while they were on the plane. So he turns it down. They have to be elated over the moon in Detroit about this, right? Like, Oh, absolutely. Yeah. In Detroit. I thought you were talking about the commanders. No, the commanders right. are leaking that he was asking for too much money to make themselves look better about the fact that they got stood up by their head coach choice. They're going to just hand everything to bill Belichick, aren't they? I don't think so. No. Who are they I, going think, after? I think there's going to be a bidding war for Mike McDonald between the Seahawks and the, and the Washington team. And the Washington team. I love that. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it was a stunner. That's the biggest surprise of this summer. Yeah, and, and you know what? Good for Ben Johnson. I think right. that when you're in a good position, you like going to work every day, which obviously he does. And obviously, he's, he, I'm sure he's getting a raise and it's going to be paid very, very well for an assistant coach. Yeah. But it that is better. Where, where he is is better than taking the head coaching job with a franchise where, like, you can say Josh Harris eventually be a good owner, but look at what happened with David Tepper. In Carolina, yeah, and, and and we're Browns fans. Think about a decade ago when Jimmy Haslam bought the Browns. The first few years for a new owner in the NFL are rocky. Yeah, and it's like two. I find it interesting the like the two jobs that Ben Johnson was linked to are Carolina and Washington. Right. Those are not places you want to be. No, those like are not in general. Jobs. So, yeah. I, like the thing that I would want if I know I am the hottest commodity of offensive coordinator. I would want to go to a place who unexpectedly fired their coach and has great stability and great personnel in place. Like I would rank Seattle up there and obviously the chargers of like having important pillars of what you need, like a, a, a truly defined quarterback that matters, right? Or Seattle's is such a well-run franchise has a lot of pieces in place. Those are the jobs I would be looking to take, not like being thrown into like Carolina, figuring out, fixing Bryce young and then whatever that Washington decides to do, you know? So to me, it's like Buffalo next year is 10 and seven. Yes, correct. Mc- that's McDermott it. gets flushed. Ben Johnson, Josh Allen, like that's everybody's it's a per- it's a perfect. He walks right in. Yeah. The 15 wins the next year and he, he doesn't even break a sweat. Right. That is a, that is a great, or Dallas. McCarthy right. Exactly. Gets run right. Out, right. Ex- this ex- hot yes, young coordinator. Precisely. Right. Right. Yep. Okay. That, and you the, walk you, into a, a room with a ton of talent already. Bingo. You're not, you're not tying your, career prospects to the second overall pick, whoever that's going to be. You're not going out on a limb to figure out if you can find a quarterback, all the stuff that comes into with a new ownership group. I think it's, 
I think it's very smart. If I was in, if I was ever, you know, a whiz kid coordinator, I'm, I would do exactly what Ben Johnson is doing. Because oh, also or another one is Jacksonville, a team that fell apart late but has the pieces point. in place. It's a great that, point. That yeah. Doug Peterson doesn't. And then you could be in the well. AFC South. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I think like quality of life should matter more to these guys. I think that they would be better coaches if they cared more about where they were, yeah. honestly. I, I do too. And I understand also the other side of that, which is these opportunities come and they go and you know, you never know if you get it back. Like I do, Detroit could be awful offensively out of nowhere next year and you never get that totally. chance. I get, so I get totally. why guys like Canales took the job with the pair. Like I get it, but also though <laughs> playing it safe might also give you a real chance to go somewhere that, that matters to get actually have a 15 year run somewhere instead of a three year run. So I get it. The other one is Bobby Sloak is staying put. Thought maybe he would be a guy that can end up and Gerard Johnson apparently and Gerard Johnson are both are getting a raise as they should because of their work with CJ and that is like as big a news for Texans fans as you could possibly find running that entire group back after what they did this year so that makes them immediately the front runners of the AFC South next year I mean I, I don't I, I mean I know that Jacksonville maybe bounces back and gets healthier and is better and I understand that Anthony Richardson and the Colts will be not to mention Pro Bowler Gardner Minshew. Every year we have one quarterback. Last year it was, who was it? Um, Huntley. Uh, yes, Tyler Huntley. This year, Gardner Minshew. That's uh, all the more reason to ignore the Pro Bowl ever for always. Uh, do not pay attention. But anyway, uh, the, the FC South is not, to me, continuing in the future here to be the laughing stock. I think they're going to continue to keep getting better. And um, we'll see what Tennessee ultimately does. But it's clear that there are three teams that are real competitors in that division. But, yeah, those two stay. So I don't know, man. I mean, you, like you said, Mike McDonald, the bidding war could start happening. That'd be great. That'd be awesome. I'd love that. Taking him out of uh, the equation. It's it's almost a <laughs> hesitate to say a lock, but it seems like it's going to happen. We're running out of candidates for some of these things. Personally, if I were the commanders, I would call Vrabel and say, what do we got to do to get this done? That's yeah. probably where I would look. I, Nonetheless. Yeah, I think that's an interesting idea. I think it, it'll be interesting now with Sloic too pulling his name out of the hat. What, Who at this point would be the leading sort of hot offensive name for the commanders to go after? Because I think if the owner is analytic, analytically inclined and the the front office guy that they hired Adam Peters is too. You know, who who's that guy that kind of checks those boxes for them? I think it's an interesting question. I don't I don't a name is not jumping to mind in terms of who that would be for them. I'm with you, man. I, Cliff I Kingsbury. <laughs> May, yeah, I don't know. I really don't know because some of these guys are going back, and you're all ultimately like if you hire Vrabel, he needs an offensive coordinator. Right. You're running out of people at this yeah, point. Yeah. Right. Ex well, exactly, and that this is where. These are the these are the job situations where weird things happen because they they whiffed like no bones about it they won't yeah. say that they did but they did now they're late and and you get an owner a rich a super rich guy who goes on tilt yeah. and ends up handing like fifteen million dollars a year to Ryan Day or whatever <laughs> oh wouldn't that be funny all right so Joe the last thing we want to hit on is we talked about McDaniel leaving uh, potentially that feels imminent fingers crossed. And the Ravens taking a hit there. They're also taking a hit in their personnel department. The director of player personnel, 26 years, you noted, Andrew, before we started the show with Baltimore for, for Joe Horwitz. Am I getting that right? Or, or um, how Hortiz. Joe Hortiz. All right. So Joe Hortiz is going to leave that role to take the Chargers general manager job. Correct? So Correct. That's a big loss in the front office, especially considering how well we feel like Baltimore has scouted over the years to get some of these players in the door for them. 
he was apparently running both pro and college scouting for the Ravens. So it's not an insignificant hire being in the building that long. Yeah. I mean, I, I know that that organization is super well run. I'm sure that they have multiple people that will step into his shoes, but it is certainly worth noting as, as a divisional rival that they potentially would be in a position of losing their director of, of uh, player personnel and defensive coordinator in one offseason, which would, would be a difficult position for them to be in. And I think there's also, from a talent perspective on the roster, quite a bit walking out the door this year. So considering how they went out, I think it's got to be tough for them to also see a lot of, of talent, both behind the scenes and in front of the scenes, walking out the door this year as well. Yeah, Baltimore's situation, again, they have the right pieces and the right parts, but uh, I think that there's a real um, chance that they take a step back. We'll dig into that. We have a lot of <laughs> a lot of time to talk through Baltimore. Obviously, it's tough to doubt them. Same way it's tough to doubt the other two teams in the division as well for, for figuring these things out. And the thing I'm tired of doing on these podcasts of the past few years is like, ah, Baltimore's done, ah, Pittsburgh's done. It's not going to work out. I'm not doing that. <laughs> Can these teams no. in the AFC North figure out no. how to how to do it? They're like the best formula in football. Yeah. The, these these teams. The answer that the Browns gave you this year is you don't wait for other teams to be bad. You just go win anyway. The Browns went into Baltimore, undoubtedly the best regular season football team, and beat them. So that's what it takes. That's what it takes to win in the NFL. It's not. Yeah the six or seven teams in front of us all had their quarterback get hurt and we get to just, they hand us a trophy because we, yeah. sh we were the only team that could show up. It's we're not trying to win this thing by default. You got to go beat the teams that are better than you. Yeah. And there is no, that's how you Bal get better. Bal Baltimore Pittsburgh are going to be bad the next seven exactly. years. That's no, our chance. It's not, it's not, there's no window. The, no. Wi the window is go be better. The window is go be better. I love it, man. All right. Great podcast today. A lot of information covered. If you did not get a chance, go back and listen to part one of this podcast where we broke down, uh, so what I think is, you know, one of the hottest movies made in the past 365 days in Oppenheimer, literally Andrew, <laughs> literally didn't think about that when I said it. So, uh, Andrew gave his review on that one. We talked through, uh, some other unexpected topics uh, around filmmaking. Go check that one out, including a really good Ken Dorsey question about his, his real purpose here from our perspective. And then we got some updates on the offense from mobile. So, uh, like if I said, if you missed part one, go check that podcast out. Otherwise, thanks for being here. Stopping by. We're going to try to have a couple fun uh, days in a row here of mailbags and then trying to get together and do our season ending awards that we do every single year, maybe with Jordan Zerm on Friday. So stop by, check those things out. A lot of moving parts, but some great discussions happening around your Cleveland Browns and the NFL. So uh, as we always say on the way out the door, be well. Thanks for stopping by, making this podcast part of your day and go Browns. Go Browns.